0: Welcome into the Action Sports Shack's Pylon podcast. Kind of a special edition on the eve of the first preseason game. And really, by the time you listen to this, this will be the day of the uh, first preseason game against the Saints. The Jaguars and Saints Thursday night uh, kick off the preseason in 2018. But we have a special podcast, kind of a little different one. I left Dan Hicken out of this thing. He's at home somewhere. Gave him the day off. And said, you know what? We had a sit-down interview with Blake Bortles recently. We just ran it over the weekend on the television side. We've sh- shared it a bit on the radio side. It's on Facebook if you want to see it as well. So there's all different places to get it. But we did want to share it with our podcast friends here on the Action Sports Pile Pylon Podcast. What I thought I would do is a little different. I could just play the 10 or 12 minutes straight and you could hear it. But I thought we would talk in and out of some of the questions, a little behind the interview and some thoughts about Blake Bortles. So let's get it rocking and rolling so we can get right into it. This will be a relatively shorter edition of our Action Sports Shacks Pylon podcast. And in full disclosure, if you're just catching on to what we do or listening to me a little bit, Blake Bortles has been around five years now. And of all the critics of Blake Bortles, I would probably be not even close to the top of the list. In fact, I would put myself more in a category of Bortles believers over the last few years. And that's uh, come with some criticism of its own (laughs) at times because of the way Blake has played and the way this football team played, especially his first three years in the NFL. But just wanted to share that with you, that I've always thought this guy could do a good job. I've never really considered... The fact that he could become an elite quarterback, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But in my opinion, if you can be the fifth or sixth-ranked quarterback to maybe the 12th-ranked quarterback in the NFL, you could win a lot of games and really have a nice career as this thing goes along. So I think Blake fits that. I think someday he can be a top-12 quarterback in the NFL, and he might be creeping that way here in 2018 after what was – his best season in the NFL back in 2017, not necessarily statistically at times because he had a fantastic year in 2000. 2000- And 15, his second year, with all those touchdown passes, although he had some interceptions to go along with it. But he broke some franchise records that year. But this was about winning. This was about playing better at quarterback in 2017. And as you know by now, he had a brilliant first three weeks of December that really buoyed the Jaguars to the AFC South, which led to a home playoff game against the Bills, a game he did not play well in. And then played well against Pittsburgh and well enough to win against the New England Patriots, although we'd like a few plays back, as you'll hear in our interview coming up. All in all, it was a pretty good 2017, enough to earn him an extension, a team-friendly extension as well. This was a deal that was good for the Jags, good for Blake, gets him extra money and a little bit more security, but also gives the Jags some flexibility and doesn't hurt them from a cap standpoint for years to come, like you potentially could see with the Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr kind of deal, and a lot of these other deals that we're seeing around the NFL right now. So wanted to get that out on the table, and I said we'll take you behind the Blake Bortles interview. Well, this was done back in late June, uh, in the summer, with the eye that we would have shared this with our viewers and listeners and podcast subscribers um, right about this time. We wanted to talk about the upcoming season, but also a little bit of a look back at last season. And I really enjoyed that part of the conversation with Blake because I think he was candid about some of the moments from a year ago, where his career was, um, from almost being benched to where it now is going. Uh, And with that in mind, we also should share that we were at a place called the Ark of Jacksonville Uh, which is a very cool place, Uh, probably 15 minutes from the stadium, uh, probably 15 minutes from where Blake lives in town. And he spends some time over there on occasion, but on this particular occasion, he was spending an afternoon uh, with the Arc of Jacksonville, which does a lot with uh, people with disabilities and disadvantages, um, physical disadvantages. Uh, but man they are awesome people and they live there it's their own community very cool place it was my first time over there and Blake's foundation uh, does a lot of work uh, with people with physical disabilities uh, and mental disabilities and so it's close to his heart and you know I think we say that as cliche sometimes but in the next couple weeks on tv we are going to do that part of the story with Blake and I think you'll see a Blake kind of The peel back the curtain, Blake Bortles, the everyday Blake Bortles. The if you can see him in this kind of setting, it was very cool to see. We spent an hour or so with him, walking around and doing some interviews, and him interacting with so many different people, and he was just fantastic. So it was a way, even though we've covered Blake Bortles very closely over the last handful of years, that we had not seen him like that before uh, in this setting and I think our viewers will get a chance to see that on the TV side of things on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, Our plan is to share that uh, the week of the Minnesota game probably in our countdown to kickoff special on Saturday which will take place at noon on CBS 47 so stay tuned for that side of this story but along with that we had a chance to spend 10 or 15 minutes with Blake and ask him about football and uh, we begin the conversation with probably the simplest question of all when it comes to Blake Bortles. Coming off last year, coming off the success, and coming off an extension, well, the question was pretty obvious. Are you playing the best football of your life?
1: I feel the most comfortable. Uh, I think I feel the most confident. I think, you know, this year will be uh, kind of the test uh, to see, you know, if, if that's a true statement. You know, I think everybody kind of looks good in OTAs. You know, I think everybody looks good in practice and all that. Um, so it'll be, you know, I, I think a good test to go into the season um, and, and see, you know, how all this work, how all this preparation, how everything that we've done during the spring and, and what we're about to do uh, going into camp in a month or so uh, pays off. I feel like we talk about it like it being here for another year and the continuity and
0: but is there a value in that?
1: Yeah, it's huge. Um, I mean, to not be able to have to sit down and and learn a new system for what would have been, you know, the fourth time for for some of us that have been here for four or five years, uh, it's incredible, you know, to not be out there, you know, throwing with the receivers and doing one-on-one stuff and having to learn it at the same time, you know, they're trying to learn it, to be able to kind of help guys and say, you know, this is what we're looking for, this is how you want to run it, this is what you got to do when they do this. Um, I, I think just makes a world of difference, and it's only been one year. You know, it's 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 kind of crazy to imagine how you know much more advanced we could be if you know we're together for five, six, seven years. What's the ceiling? I, I think people
0: say, "Hey, nice year, AFC Championship game, no turnovers in, in the playoffs, uh, extension." But but what's the ceiling? Uh, do you know what your ceiling is?
1: No, I yeah, uh, I don't think you can you can. Put into words what it is, or, or what the the best we could be is, or what the best I could be is. You know, I think you know, kind of like we just talked about. It's we're going into year two, and we feel, you know, I know me and Nathaniel's relationship has continued to grow. It's always been really good. Um, and, and then playing quarterback, you know, it's so important to have ownership and control over everything going on. Um, so I, as well as everybody around. You know, we brought in some great guys. We got a good group of guys coming back. Um, I, I think, you know, the kind of the, the ceiling is, uh, is unlimited as far as, as what we can do. You know, we just got to make sure that everybody continues to work hard um, and, and nobody becomes complacent off of what we did last year because, you know, it's kind of it, it's irrelevant now. You know, I think people maybe pay a little more attention to Jacksonville, um, but I think we're definitely going to have to continue to go out there and prove people wrong and go win football games.
0: Can you um, share with us at all how, say, you went to the line of scrimmage two or three years ago? what you saw, what you thought, how you felt, compared to maybe going the line of scrimmage now.
1: Right, you know, I think it's, it's um, you know, I always try to prepare really hard and put a lot of time in. And, and I think just the more football you see, obviously the more comfortable you are with your offense and your scheme, the more you're able to see what they're doing on the other side of the ball and, and put yourself in the best situation. So I think, you know, two or three years ago, it was making sure everything we were doing was, was ready to go. We were in the right place. I was doing the right thing um to whereas now it's like all right you call a play get up there and it's like you know th- this play doesn't look good this isn't why we called this play this isn't the look we want it for you know let's let's get out of it let's do something else you know so i, I think as far as dissecting what they're doing um I, I think you know personally for me that's become something that uh that is really advanced
0: if you remember and i think a lot of people forget about this when the jaguars drafted blake bortles back in 2014 the idea from Dave Caldwell and everyone at the time, that was a different regime, was to sit Blake Bortles because they thought he was pretty green at the QB position, uh, that he was raw, that he had a lot to learn. And basically they would have to teach him from the ground up And and I don't think that's necessarily a knock on George O'Leary and UCF and that program. I I think – and maybe you can take it that way. Maybe it was because there was at times he would say, I didn't get the coaching. And so maybe it was a coaching thing. But I think if you look all across college football – college coaches are not getting their guys ready for the NFL. So that's just the trend in college football. They play a different sport at times uh, with the spread compared to the pro-style offenses uh, that are played in the NFL. So again, not necessarily a knock on UCF, but bottom line is, this guy had to learn the position. He had to learn how to play quarterback. He was basically an athlete playing the quarterback position in college, and at times doing very well. Uh, But these things are uncontrollable, and As much as they wanted to sit him, many people thought he wouldn't sit the entire year, and before even a lot of people predicted, Blake Bortles was in his rookie season in, like year, in game three against Indianapolis, and there it begun, his career. And quite frankly, he hasn't missed many snaps since. Uh, none really due to injury or anything. I think one time he had to go get an IV at the end of a half, so Chad Haney had to take a knee, but he's been so durable. But that's what started his career, and I always thought it was different than, say, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert got thrown into that same type of fire by Jack Del Rio, and Del Rio was just trying to save his job at the time and didn't have many other options. Uh, I, I thought Gabbert wasn't equipped to handle that from a mental standpoint. He he got shelled. He got hit hard. The offensive line was terrible. Um, and you know what? A lot of those same things happened to Blake Bortles, but he was just better equipped to handle it. He's, he's a tough dude. I just talked about all the snaps that he's played, all the games he's played. He plays with injuries. And I think that's, uh, uh, that's a great attribute for him to help survive that rookie season and even some of the lumps in year two and three and get to where we are today with Blake Bortles. So uh, those conversations about continuity and and where will his ceiling go and, and all those kind of things are important when it comes to Blake Bortles because he is still in many respects, at least to the people close to him, on an upward trend and adding to his knowledge base from the QB position because of those trips to California and the time spent with Nathaniel Hackett and and other folks inside that building. All right, let's move on to different parts uh, of this interview with Blake Bortles. And I'm going to let the next few parts play out a little bit. And and it has to eventually get to uh, the Super Bowl. And Blake Bortles, which now is a reality here in Jacksonville, believe it or not. And I'll also take you back to the AFC Championship game, uh, a, a game that still obviously uh, stinks for everybody here in Jacksonville, and it still stings for these players and coaches, even though as we get set for the 2018 season they've hit the reset button Uh, you cannot fully do that because questions will constantly be asked about that AFC championship game especially when New England comes to town in week two of the season and also it's now become a measuring stick this is a team that was 10 minutes away from going to the Super Bowl. This is a team that appears to be even better this year on paper than it was last year. And so that gradual next step is not just, hey, let's get a home playoff game or or let's see if we can get to the second round of the playoffs. It's now let's see if they can bring home the Lombardi trophy and have a victory parade in February. So uh, the next part of my interview with Blake Bortles, I'll let it go for a few questions and we'll stop it down the road. Did you ever think Blake Bortles... Super Bowl winning quarterback? Did you ever think in those terms? And has that changed? Do you think, I can go win the Super Bowl or help win the
1: Super Bowl? Right, you know, um, I mean, it's always been a goal. It's always, I mean, every kid dreams of, if you're a football player, dream of winning a Super Bowl, especially if you're a quarterback. You, you want to go be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, you know, I think that's, that's the, the highest honor you can have as a quarterback is, is to, you know, help your team, help lead your team to, to a Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, I, I've never thought um, I guess one day of, of me being a Super Bowl quarterback, you know, it's just not really how I think or how I work. But, you know, I 100% believe that that we can do it and I can be a part of, of, of helping that happen. Stepping up and throwing,
0: and it is knocked down by
1: Gilmore! How close was it in your mind? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, six inches on the last play of the game. You know, if I, I throw that ball over Gilmore's head, Didi catches it and we score. And, you know, maybe we're playing Philly, but um, you know, I, I think that that's the most recent thing that sticks with me because that's the last thing that happened or, you know, that's a an image that um, until maybe we win it one day, I'll probably never forget. So uh, it'd be nice to kind of get that out of my head. Isn't that sports, though? I mean, you got to, like I always say, enter the arena and
0: the good or the bad comes with it. Right. Is that that is the indelible kind of going to bed at night?
1: Yeah, totally. And, and I mean, I think I, I'd rather have that happen than have, um you know what has happened or what had happened the past three years you know to go do what we did uh the way we did it with you know a really good group of guys a really good group of football players um a tight-knit group of guys um and and to go up to foxborough and play new england after beating pittsburgh twice in pittsburgh um, I mean, it was an incredible years, It was an incredible ride. You know, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd give anything to, to take that play and go through it again, but, um, you know, we're fortunate to get another opportunity to go do it again this year.
0: Do you sense something different about this team? Um, maybe even more so even with success last year that you didn't sense, uh, whether it's maturity,
1: uh, hunger, yeah.
0: anything like that?
1: You know, I, th- I think it's continued to grow, which is tough to believe after going into last year, because, um, you know, going into last year it was every, every, I mean, hunger was the word everybody used, um, and, and nobody else really paid attention to us, and we just kind of went along about our business throughout the season and, and handled everything. Um, and, and I think that hunger's only grown, you know, after the success we've had last year. Uh, we've had multiple guys stand up in some meetings and say, uh, let's make sure we handle what happened last year the right way. Because there's been all kinds of teams that kind of show a flash and go win 10, 11, 12 games, and then you don't hear about them for a couple years. And, and we don't want to be that. We want to be a team that's consistently winning the AFC South every year and, and making a run of the Super Bowl.
0: Since we're talking playoffs from last year in the AFC Championship game, a game that I thought Blake played pretty well in, although he did miss a couple plays down the stretch, he admitted that. um, He had played well in the Pittsburgh game. Let's go back to uh, the game that he did not play well in, the Buffalo Bills game here at home in Jacksonville. uh, First round of the playoffs, first home game around here in forever. The place was out of its mind. What an atmosphere it was. Now, it was a windy day in Jacksonville. That's just fact. It was. But it also isn't a good enough excuse for how Blake Bortles played in the second quarter, although I kind of let him off the hook, as, you answer, as you'll hear in the interview, um, from that standpoint. But he knows he didn't play very well in that second quarter. What I always had an issue with people talking about that game, and if, if you go back to that time in January – in the first half of that game, Bortle's playing really bad. The wind and that going in that direction, he was having trouble with it. And to be quite honest with you, even if it wasn't a windy day, it looked like he was off from a throwing standpoint. So he plays awful in that quarter. And it's an ugly game. Like, people don't even want to watch the game. It's so ugly from a national perspective. And everybody's watching because it's the first round of the playoffs. And then you go into those halftime shows with the national analysts. And they start hammering Blake Bortles. And it's just something for the next for the rest of the game for the rest of the night for the next week you couldn't get out of your mind you couldn't get away from it people had just said you know what? they how are they ever going to win with Blake Bortles because he always plays this way well what I think people missed the boat on is a month prior he had played some of the best football of his career the best quarterbacking in the NFL for a three-week stretch believe it or not that's three weeks in a row not just one week or one quarter uh, yet He got ripped down, and he was back to the guy that that couldn't get it done in one quarter of football in the playoffs against the Bills. Fair or unfair, that's kind of how that was perceived, and that was the narrative around the country when it came to Blake Bortles. Bigger than that, not just that game, although I use this question to reference that game with Blake, he has some times where he doesn't play good football. That's just the way it is. That's the way it's been in his career. He is not consistently good um, and just like that, I would argue he's not consistently bad. Um, he has times of inconsistency. So uh, I wanted to ask him a little bit about uh, what happens when uh, he doesn't have his A game. When it goes wrong for you, maybe the second quarter, of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome it, and why? Do you have you been able to figure out why it goes wrong? Now that day was a windy day. Right. I gave you an excuse, but do you know? I mean, does does something just not work that day? Is that just an athlete not feeling great? Yeah. You know,
1: um, I've kind of used this analogy before, but it's like a a pitcher, you know, that goes and throws and, you know, doesn't have a fastball or something that day, and he's got to throw other pitches. You know, that was kind of how I felt. Um, Like you said, it was going one way It was pretty windy. Um, And, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to run around and make some plays. And, uh, you know, we were able to do some zone read stuff and kind of catch them off guard. Um, but it was one of those days where I wasn't necessarily playing good. Our defense played unbelievable, um, and, and definitely bailed us out. But, um, you know, I, I, think, you know, kind of the old cliche saying is, you know, good teams find a way to win when they don't play well. And, uh, and that was something that we were able to do multiple times last year, and I don't think there's a bigger stage to do it on than in the first round of a home playoff game that we haven't had, um, in a, in a really long time. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. Next stop
0: on our interview with Blake Bortles is My favorite part of the interview and what I feel like is the most revealing part of the interview, because I don't know how many people, uh, maybe folks that listen to our radio show, maybe folks listen to our podcast. And Dan and I talked about it uh, last year at times or we might have talked about on TV. But I I understand everybody doesn't catch that. Um, I don't think this is widely known, this situation a year ago that happened. Uh, I've talked about it on multiple occasions, so I'm sure people have heard it or I might have even tweeted about it. But again, I don't think it's widely known. And so what you have to do is you go back to 2017, believe coming off the bye week against Cincinnati, and Vontez Burfict called out Blake Bortles and basically said he was no good. Uh, uh, by the way, something that several other players had done in 2017, from Jadavion Clowney to Jarrell Casey, Something that's very unusual—you don't see that in this league. There's a lot of respect for players and what they go through and what they're trying to do, even if they're not elite or great in this in this league. And so, it really, caught me off guard last year when so many players publicly attacked Blake Bortles to go along with the narrative, and uh, in the national media especially, and also the fans around the country. Uh, when it, so everybody was piling on uh, Blake Bortles. Well, in this instance, I think what Vantes Burfecht did, and this is a guy that's known to do some crazy things on the football field and off, uh, what I think he did, I think Blake Bortles will someday send him a thank you note. Or maybe it's Doug Marone or Dave Caldwell or Tom Coughlin that sends him a thank you note. I believe this moment was at least season changing for Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, if not career changing. And it's too early to call it career changing because we don't know the path Blake will take from here on out. But I do think if he is good, if he has success for years to come, we'll look back at this moment in 2017, as the turning point of his career Because you can be a tough football player And there's a lot of respect for that And I think there's always been respect for that In the J- Jaguars locker room when it comes to Blake Bortles But you still have to perform well And if you looked at the makeup of this football team They knew they were good But it was always, if Blake can play well We can be good uh, Now they didn't, might not have said that publicly either But that was definitely what people knew and said And now if you look at it in hindsight, the Jags were good enough to potentially go to the Super Bowl. So if Blake didn't play well, they probably wouldn't even have made the playoffs. If he played like he did in 2016, this talented team that was good enough to maybe go to the Super Bowl might not even have made the playoffs. So that's how important it was for Bortles to play well. And I think sooner or later, you have to prove that to your own teammates. And I'm not sure, even through the first half of the year where, where they had had a, a decent record, they had played okay football, I don't think he had yet proven that but on this weekend against the cincinnati Bengals, and it all started on a saturday night in a team meeting before the game i think blake bortles started to earn the respect of his teammates like he had never had before the story is cincinnati game last year You get called out by perfect they call you up in a in the saturday night meeting before the game and kind of challenge you a little bit i think how important was that maybe in your career and in that season for you to deliver on that sunday did something change that week
1: you know i I think it maybe um it might have affected some guys in that in that team meeting um you know and, and i think you know what it did for me was was show me for the first time you know i always believed it but for the first time you know i was able to sit there and watch and listen and hear uh you know my teammates having my back and, and being in full support um you know doug doug you know standing up and saying you know this isn't something we're gonna allow to happen um and you know but as far as personally um i mean I, there's nothing anybody could say that's gonna affect how i go play a football game you know i'm gonna play every football game the same way uh it's how i've always played you know i'm gonna go play as hard as i can and do anything i can to help us win
0: guys always respected your toughness though but in the, in your position you got to respect play to. Did you sense anything as the year went along that, all right, I'm Whether I'm winning them over or not, you kind of feel it's some kind of different ownership that's even kind of helped you into this year.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you know, winning helps everything. Um, You know, like you said, toughness. I've always valued. I've always thought that was something that the guys um, would admire and respect, especially in a quarterback, because that's not something you always get in a quarterback. Uh, But you know, if you're tough and you go lose, nobody really cares. You know, if you're tough and you go win, I think you can get a lot of people to follow you and and uh, and kind of help you know move the needle in the right direction.
0: Again, you can write it down. I believe that was the turning point in Blake Bortles' career, at least that season last year in the year that he had, which enabled him, by the way, to get an extension and, and stay around here for a few more years. Um, I, I believe it was uh, that big of a moment. Next part of our interview, and this comes a little bit out of order, but I wanted to group these together because this really puts a bow on what happened from last August to this past May. And we got to take it back to last August and set the table because Blake Bortles had been benched by Doug Marone. And a lot of people think, and especially in hindsight, because it worked, that this was a message from from Marone uh, with the idea that he'd always go back to Bortles. I don't think that was the case. Um, And in fairness to Doug, I don't think he's really said that was the case. But... They were in dire straits. They didn't like the way Blake Bortles was playing. He had had that five interception night. He had been up and down, inconsistent. And this football team was in a bit of trouble. They were having a lot of different problems in camp. They did not look good at all in the month of August. So he gets benched. They open up the QB competition. And it appears to some that Blake Bortles' career in Jacksonville is done, is over. Uh, They had picked up his option. Uh, Although they still had until the following March to decide if they wanted to uh, pick it up for sure or they could cut him. He just had to be on the roster unless he had gotten hurt. So there was some risk involved for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, But many people said by the time cuts came about on Labor Day weekend last August into September that Blake Bortles would be cut that's what some people thought. Now, I wasn't one of those people. I did not think the Jags would go there. I don't think I didn't think they were that concerned with the the injury part of picking up the option. But again, that was some of the talk. Bortles done and maybe would have to move on, probably be a backup quarterback instead. Blake Bortles ends up winning his job back and well, at least the rest is history for 2017. I mean, it's not a Hollywood ending quite yet, but it was still better than it was in August. And then what this later leads to in my questioning is the fact that he got an extension. I think I said May. I meant March. Uh, when the league year started, they had to make a decision. And a lot of people wondered, OK, will they pick up the option? Uh, I think we all, many of us thought he, they would. Not only did they do that, they extended Blake Bortles with a deal that's both friendly for the Jaguars and good for Blake Bortles. So it was really a nice deal for both sides, in my opinion. Uh, So this next line of questioning takes you back to August and then finishes up in the month of March. To that point in August, did you think you were done when they opened up the quarterback?
1: Um, No, you know, I, I never... I never thought that, that that was the end of my career, that was the end of my time in Jackson. I thought for sure I was going to get another opportunity. You know, I had no idea that it would be a couple days later or I didn't know if it was going to be week 10. You know, I knew I was going to get another opportunity and I was going to make sure that that I was going to go make the most of it when I did. Um, it was it was just another piece of adversity to have to find a way to get through and overcome. and. Um, fortunate enough to have a good amount of practice, at, you know, going through stuff like that. So uh, it worked out in the end. <laughs>
0: Do you still have scar tissue from the good amount of practice? I, I think,
1: it, I mean, it's good scar tissue, I guess, you know, in a sense of it, it, a lot of, I'm fortunate enough to play for George O'Leary in college, which started this whole thing and it's really, uh, you, you had to be thick skinned playing for him, you know, because I got benched multiple times a day in practice. so. <laughs> I mean, that was in college. So getting benched in the NFL in a preseason game was kind uh, of—I was like, this has happened before. Hopefully, they let me play again. uh, I'll—I'll go earn my job back. But um, you know, I I think it's all—it's all stuff that helps me uh, overcome, you know, things that are happening uh, in—in the future. I think you said last year before
0: the season. I don't know if you were joking or not. You said in an interview, "I'm never going to see that extension." Were you surprised at all that? Wow, well, I'm still a Jag for a few more years.
1: Right, yeah, got him for a couple more. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was uh, it's tough to think about, you know, I guess. And, and I don't think about it, you know, throughout all last year, um, it was, you know, let's go play football, let's go win football games, and let's go as far as we can and go win a Super Bowl. And, and you know, it's just kind of all I think about, you know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention. and. Uh, Um, contract stuff or who's doing what or you know what's gonna happen after this year or what's gonna happen after this contract's up it's you know I believe that if I go play well and we go win football games that I can play in Jacksonville for the rest of my career and and that's a a huge goal of mine and that's something that you know I want to do.
0: Let me read you that last line again, if you didn't hear it correctly, from Blake Bortles. I can play in Jacksonville for the rest of my career. That's a huge goal of mine and something I want to do. Um, He grew up just down the road. He relates to this town very well, this franchise very well. He is the franchise QB still, and his goal is to play here for a long, long time, his entire career. Now, in this day and age, to say you're going to play your entire career uh, is very unlikely, um, but we get his point. Could Blake Bortles be here year eight, 10, 12? I mean, who would have ever thought that uh, about this time a year ago? So it could be one of the great turnaround stories, I believe, in the NFL that we've seen in some time. I think Alex Smith would be put in the category um, and Blake Bortles would join him in that category. And then down the road, we'll talk how elite they are and, and can they win Super Bowls. But you gotta, if you go back and look at Alex Smith and, and how he was vilified at times in his career, uh, Blake Bortles was too. And uh, Alex Smith turned it around and had a fantastic year a year ago. Now is with the Washington Redskins. Um, And we'll see what happens with Blake Bortles' career. So if you look at the stats, which I did uh, before I began this podcast, he is on pace. If Blake Bortles plays three years, three more years, three full years, he is on pace to basically own the record books from the quarterback position with the Jacksonville Jaguars when it comes to attempts and completions and yardage and, and touchdowns. Uh, He already has the single season record for attempts, completions, yardage, and touchdowns. Uh, And he will eventually, if he continues to play in a Jags uniform and start, uh, break all of Mark Brunell's records, too. So this is a a quarterback that um, is, is kind of in the middle, potentially, if this works out of uh, again what I would call one of the great turnarounds we've seen not just here in Jacksonville but uh, at that position in in the NFL in quite some time so uh, I think he fits this city I think he fits this town uh, and he fits this franchise right now and he's got a lot of believers he still has a lot of critics but he has another chance here in 2018 to win over more people and what if he has another good year And I'm talking 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions or 10 interceptions. They go to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, another deep run. He plays well. I mean, how does the perception change for Blake Bortles? Will be something to keep an eye on. Um, Here's the one deal we do know, and this happens just in sports anyway. But because of the preconceived notions on Blake Bortles, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. He has to play well he has to continue to progress in his career as he enters year number five. And uh, what I like to say right now is we're seeing a guy kind of grow up on the football field and off the football field. And and I'm not saying he was immature. I just think that's a natural progression. He went from 21 years old here, drafted in 2014, a top three pick, and now he's a 26-year-old quarterback who has a a little girl and he's moving away from the beach, and we're seeing this maturation – off the field, I think, a guy who's now comfortable in this setting and, and in his role as a franchise quarterback. And I think we at least got a glimpse of a maturation last year on the field. Will we continue to see that in 2018 is, is the money question. Before we let you go, there's one other question I had for Blake Bortles in this interview. And I haven't played it anywhere else, but I'm going to share it with you here on the podcast. I will probably play it on TV a little bit later when we do our one-hour uh, preview special um, in September. But uh, you get a sneak peek at it. It's the question everybody's been asking since last January. Last question. Was Miles Jack down?
1: No, he wasn't down. And then intuition just make a beard. Miles Jack wasn't down. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a, that's a true statement.
0: Of course Miles Jack wasn't down. Blake Bortles knows it, too. Man, if they had just gotten that call, we might be talking about Blake Bortles' Super Bowl-winning quarterback. How about that? Uh, so that's a bow on our interview uh, with Blake Bortles from the summer, and uh, we kind of saved it to this point in time as we're getting ready uh, to kick off Thursday night, first preseason game against the Saints. I uh, Hope you enjoyed it, uh, and thanks for hanging with us. We tried something a little bit different. a little, You know, they used to do behind the music on VH1, right? Uh, this is behind the interview. A little bit with a bit more commentary we appreciate Blake Bortles time Um, let's hope he has another good year everybody's rooting for him to have another good year if not a big year because that will mean tremendous thing for the things for the Jags they have a lot of talent Uh, Blake Bortles is surrounded with a lot of talent and what if he is still on the rise in his progression as a quarterback in the NFL could mean big, big things for the Jacksonville Jaguars, not just in 2018, but maybe for years to come. Thanks for checking out this edition of special edition of the Action Sports pile Pylon podcast dedicated to Blake Bortles. We hopefully do this more and more down the road with some of our big interviews, and uh, I kind of liked it. I enjoyed it. Hopefully you did too. Uh, tune in uh, in a couple of days. We'll have an updated edition of the Action Sports pile Pylon podcast. I'll welcome Dan back into the fold. I'll allow him to talk a little bit. And we'll break down the first preseason game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Action Sports Shacks Pylon Podcast.